Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is right on par. I'm excited to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. And as always, I'm excited that I get the opportunity to pick his brain for your and my own benefit today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, mastermind groups, or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of keeping an open mind and looking outside of our industry for lessons, right? Well, I'm going to have this show help us do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be super hot topics to help you succeed in a way that's fun and a, uh, a cool way to deliver it. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As we all know, we only get one ride around this merry-go-round. It's our job to make sure it's one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your boyfriend, whoever, whatever, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. There's a ton of immediately implementable and helpful information, and I don't want you to miss even a second. So, before we officially get going, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Matt Miller spent the first nine years of his career as an Air Force pilot before entering the corporate world to work at both Abbott Laboratories and Velasquez. While a top performer for both companies, his long-term desire was to start a business and be his own boss. A good friend one day mentioned the gumball machines he and his young daughters owned, and that conversation began a 10-year business quest that has brought Matt's company, School Spirit Vending, to the cutting edge of both the vending and the school fundraising industries. Today, School Spirit Vending's hassle-free fundraising program is helping schools in 23 states to raise money in its own unique way. This is actually really, really cool. Matt, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Thanks, Jason. Excited to be here. Fabulous. Hey, listen, before we get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity yet uh, of meeting you or pleasure of like hearing you speak, do me a favor. Tell us your story. You know, What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Matt Miller? Well, um, Matt Miller's a guy, first off, that's kind of reinvented himself three times over the last 30-some-odd years. Um, I tend to be somebody that that uh, is a top performer but, but has, has tended to mix things up just to keep life interesting. From flying airplanes, like you mentioned, I did a stint in, in the corporate world. But the one thing that I found in both of those cases was um, I felt that I could be worth more and make an, a bigger impact on folks out of my own. And uh, so, like you mentioned, a, a buddy of mine uh, happened to mention um, the idea of having a, a few gumball machines um, that he and his young daughters had uh, had put out. 
in local area businesses and he was teaching them about business and they were making some money and it was something they were able to do as a family. And I remember that conversation um, during a period of time where I thought I might very well get laid off from my corporate job. Um, and I had done a bunch of things business-wise on the side, but nothing that I could really truly fall back on in the event that, that things in, in the full-time career uh, didn't work out. And I finally resolved myself to the point that I was going to figure out a way to make money that was mine, that nobody else could could take away from me, and uh, in the process, maybe someday actually be able to do my own thing. So started out with a, a couple gumball machines. I actually found them on eBay for next to nothing. Never forget loading a couple of my young kids in, in my uh, uh, 98 Honda Accord. We drove across Houston, Texas to the guy that uh, that had the machines, um, spent a few minutes with him. He, he shared a little bit of his knowledge, picked those machines up, brought, brought them back home, and, and literally the next day started going out and knocking on doors. What's kind of interesting is the very first location I ever got was a martial arts studio um, <laughs> that, uh, that was in my community. There was actually a group of, of eight of them around Houston, and within a couple, uh, within about a month, actually, I, once I could get some more cash flow in to buy some more machines off the guy that I had gotten the, the original ones from, um, I had locations in all of those martial arts studios and was there for a number of years um, working with them, helping them raise money, et cetera. Um, so anyway, that's how I got my start. Um, 08 and 09, or 07, 08 hit, uh, less people were going out and frequenting my locations. By then I had about 150 or so around Houston and I was frustrated and it just so happened that in the span of two weeks time, four kids came knocking on my door. Kids that I did not know in the neighborhood, um, trying to sell me stuff to fundraise for their schools. And I kind of put two and two together was kind of thinking from the parent perspective, I don't know if I'd want my young kids out knocking on doors of people I don't know without somebody being around trying to raise money for the local school. And that's kind of where the, the whole aha moment came to figure out a way to take what I'd learned in vending and take it into the schools and help them passively raise fun, uh, money there. I love this. I love this. So it's a total win-win-win here. Yes. Literally, we do all the work. The schools uh, cash a check from us every month, um, and in the process, uh, we provide a hassle-free passive avenue um, that requires no volunteers or any work on their part um, to help them meet some of the needs that they always have, whether it be for school supplies, whether it be you know teacher um, luncheons throughout the year, whether it be helping fund field trips. Um, you know, we're able to, to to provide some extra money for them to to fill some of those needs that they all have. I love this. Well, this is this is fabulous. Tell me this. Um, you know, obviously, I'm always you know thrilled to speak with veterans. And you know, you mentioned that you were in the Air Force. So, how do you feel like your time in the Air Force helped you become a successful entrepreneur? Um, I, I think it was huge. I, I graduated from the Air Force Academy back in 1989. Um, and then, like you said earlier, I, I flew for nine years. Um, you know, there's a discipline that is required 
of members of the military that is that is instilled in, in you um, that has been it's been huge in my life ever since. Um, um, you know, I think I've always been a type A personality. I always always been a hard worker and 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 kind of a visionary. But uh, the military time um, really helped me develop my leadership skills. Helped me uh, learn how to discipline myself, um, which especially now being an entrepreneur out on my own for for over four years now has been extremely important because um you know i I work out of the house um and the process uh with my wife being home you know all day long and and kids oftentimes as well etc there obviously can be a lot of distractions and a lot of other things that that can occur in the home and and to still be able to stay on task and stay focused and stay disciplined towards whatever you know goals and aspirations that I've established. Um, I, I've got to attribute all that to my time in the military for sure. That's fabulous. I, you know, as I gotta tell you, as somebody who works from home as well, um, I, I I can't even begin to endorse the uh, the need for discipline. Um, it is it is one of the biggest things ever. So that that's cool. All right. You know, how do you feel like, um, well, actually, tell me this. How does school spirit vending generate revenue both for you but also fundraise for schools? Well, essentially, our, our, how our model works is, you know, we place machines within the school at no cost to the school, and then the school gets a portion of all the revenue that is created. Uh, but then in exchange for that, we, of course, uh, myself and, and our distributor team um, get a portion as well because we're literally the ones doing all the work on their behalf. So it ends up being a partnership with the school. They get a, a portion that they, like I said, they don't they don't have to do anything for. Um, but because we do all the work, we provide the equipment, we have all the risk and all the investment. Um, you know, we have the ability to derive income as well. That's fair. I think that's more than fair. You know. You um you mentioned that you know well let me let me even step back a sec. How do you feel the uh, the vending machine industry um, worked? You know, was it positive? Was it negative um, when you got started? Um, I mean, the industry works great. You know, most people don't equate money to a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know guys in the industry that, that make, you know, strong six figure in- incomes just selling gumballs. Um, uh, the challenge is that it's a very cutthroat industry. It's a very dog eat dog industry. Um, and in the process, um, there's always an ongoing battle for space. And, um, you know, I can't count the number of times where I've had machines that have been moved. I've had machines that have been stolen, you know, that type of thing, which, which you know, unfortunately is, is, is part of the business. I think the typical operator expects at least 10% of their equipment um, to, to vanish every year. Um, but that makes it difficult. And especially when you're talking prime locations, there's a lot of businesses out there with pretty deep pockets that, that uh, can go in and, and offer a lot of money to a location, and in the process, everybody else is out on their ear. So a lot of churn, but still a great business. I, I mean, you know, it's passive. 
Um, depending on the type of venting that you're involved in, um, you know, some types of venting, you've got to be back in locations, you know, weekly uh, or more frequently. Other types, like bulk vending, which is kind of what I'm involved in, um, you know, doesn't require um, near the attention. And in the process, I was able to, do, to develop a route while, while working full-time and being a, a top performer in my career um, because I could do it outside. Um, you know, quarters were being placed in my machines while I was working. Um, so it was, it was really beneficial to me um, as a secondary income stream to begin with uh, as a busy professional, um, over time, um, this thing took on a life of its own and it started growing far beyond my wildest expectations. And I, I obviously had a choice or the ability to choose whether I wanted to keep um, doing my full-time thing or, or just go out on my own completely. And, uh, and I'm grateful for the freedom that I have. Um, you know, there's a lot of challenges and struggles with, with being a small business owner, as all sp- small business owners know. Um, but I'm excited about living in the land of opportunity with a huge upside if I'm just willing to go out and, and work hard and, and br- bring a product to the marketplace that there's a need and a demand for. Totally makes sense. Um, tell me this. Obviously, since vending wasn't something that you did, you know, you were kind of born into and you know, it wasn't like you had huge experience there. Do you feel like you had a uh, benefit by being an outsider when you came into the industry? Definitely. In fact, in vending and in fundraising, that's one of the reasons why I think that we have succeeded to the level that we have is I had no baggage, no prior experience. I came in to the industry with the, the military background and, and, uh, the experience in the advertising world. So I completely looked at it from a different uh, vantage point. And in the process, it's allowed, allowed me to see opportunities um, and, and not really be stuck in a rut like many are. Well, this is the way it's always been done, so this is the way it needs to continue to be done. Um, and, and quite honestly, that's kind of my philosophy in my business in, in my company as well. I, I, my team kind of knows me us as kind of the uncompany company, if that makes sense, <laughs> to where we, um, I looked at all the things that I loved in the military and in my corporate career, and I kept them, and all the things that I hated, I got rid of them. Um, you know, we're, we, you know, the whole idea of dressing up all the time is an example, and, and just a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, another big thing for me is family. Um, and we actually promote family involvement heavily in, in our business. In fact, um, we get together every year annually in June um, for what we call our conclave, and, and the distributor team comes in from all over the country, and I encourage them to bring their families. Because in the corporate, my, the corporate world, you know, I, I got to go to all these really cool places, but number one, we sat in meeting rooms all day long, and, and when we did have time to get out and play a little bit, it was with folks that half the time I didn't like very much, and I'm sure they didn't like me either. So um, to be able to bring the family in, and we do work for a period of time, and then, and then we're all about creating memories the, the rest of that weekend with our families. We've got second generations now in our business who are deciding to get involved as entrepreneurs and distributors because they were part of mom and dad's business early on and helping collate product 
and, and helping put machines together and helping service locations and all those types of things. And the kids are seeing the benefit of our program that their parents are, are seeing and, uh, and wanting a part of it for themselves. So it's, it's cool. We're developing a multi-generational business, um, that the whole goal is to encourage entrepreneurship and family involvement together. I love it. I love it. Now, here's here's a piece that totally got my uh, my jets going. Um, share with us how you're inspiring kids to read and how your company is teaching values, because this is something, obviously, as the CEO of Powerful Words Character Development, um, this is very near and dear to my heart. So how are you doing it? What are you doing? Well, to give you an idea, you know, to start with, just like with any business, it was all about, okay, how, how can I make enough money to pay my bills? How can I make enough money or teach others how to make enough money so that they can pay their bills? But now, now we have this audience, which is, which is, uh, you know, school kids all over the country. And, uh, I feel there's a, res- we have a responsibility to them as well. And so, um, about a year ago, uh, I came across a, a couple of young guys that are graduates from Baylor University. Um, one's a writer and then his best friend is a, is an artist. And they had been doing, they had done some graphic novel work for, um, the city of Waco and, uh, and some other things. And I called them up one day and said, Hey, listen guys, this might sound really crazy, but I was inspired to read growing up early on by reading comic books and would go, ride my bike down to the local Ben Franklin store in town, take my lawn mowing money or my babysitting money or my snow shoveling money or my allowance, and I'd spend a lot of my money on that growing up. And the one thing that I knew during that time was mom and dad never had to worry about what I was reading um, because we lived in a, I lived in a different time growing up. Today, though, so much of the content is turning dark. It's it's uh it's got much more adult themes, and um, I know as a parent, we were always concerned with okay, so what are my kids reading? What are they getting access to, and all that. So I was like, you know, I'm going to start a comic book company. So I hired uh, Caleb Bolenbacher and Ty- Tyler Ellis, and um, we just have finished. Uh, our third comic book, a full-length uh, comic book. The, the series is called Marlin and Percy, M-A-R-L-I-N and P-E-R-C-Y. Um, there are a couple of apes that want to be superheroes. And um, uh, in the process, it's a, it, it's a series that is, is cool. It's different. It's, the hope is to inspire kids to want to read. And in the process, we're also teaching positive, uh, you know, values and, and messages along the way. It's something that mom and dad don't have to be concerned about what they're getting or what their kids are getting. That's super helpful. I mean, I, I know this is my kids are starting to learn how to read. It's, um, I'm always concerned about what's, what their heads are being filled with. So that's, uh, that's fabulous. Tell me this, you know, I've heard that your comic books are being used in China. What, what's going on over there? Well, I, I, I'm on the board of directors of a, of a nonprofit called Kids Across Cultures. And what Kids Across Cultures uh, specializes in is 
in impacting families in a positive way in different parts of the world. Um, we've done some work in China over the last number of years, and I've been fortunate to, to get a chance to, to make several trips um, in the last year or so. And while I was over there um, back in January, um, we do some work with some students over there teaching English um, as, as part of what we do as well. And I was like, you know, I'm going to bring some, some copies of Marlon and Percy along um, these kids are learning English, and why not bring it and, and see what they think? So I brought some copies with me. Um, we handed them out and got a chance to share uh, during one of the classes that we were teaching, and the kids just went nuts for them. Um, I, I found out that there was a, a network of a number of other English teachers, excuse me, in the country that I was able to reach out to and um, and get them some ebook copies uh, of of Vaughn and Percy as well. And um, so far, the feedback has been great. So um, we don't have anything formal set up there yet, but um, given the fact that I'll be going back again, I'm sure, within the next six months, and given the fact that we've begun some of those relationships, um, you know, my hope is is that maybe um, we're, you know, they're able to be used in that way as well. Um, I've also got some some friends in Indian, Indonesia that are that are uh, have an education center um, that is teaching um, refugees there, and um, they've started using uh, the comics also. So wasn't anything that I ever even had on my radar screen a year ago. Um, I thought it was all going to be about teaching kids in America and and, and providing content here, um, and that's still a big part of what we do. But I'm finding that that there's a you know potentially a big need in other parts of the world too, and it's kind of exciting to to be in charge and and to be the owner of of the content to where I can kind of do with it whatever I want, um, and uh, have other businesses that that are paying the bills to where yeah you know, I can kind of follow my heart on this one and, and not just and not just be purely about the money. Oh, absolutely, obviously, certain certain ventures feed our wallet, some feed our souls, so. I uh, definitely get the importance of that. It is actually now time for our resource of the week. So tell me this. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, uh, more about some of the programs you're running, and, and how you go about helping other entrepreneurs to succeed? Um, the, the best place to, to go would, would be uh, ssvbusiness.com. Um, my, my email is matt, M-A-T-T, at schoolspiritvending.com. Um, and uh, would love to, to help out folks in any way that we can in that regard. Um, our business continues to grow. There's still a number of parts of the country where we're not, um, and uh, so who knows? We might be able to help help some listeners in your audience uh, derive a secondary income stream outside of what they do as well and, and give them some options in the process. I love that. Folks, you definitely want to you definitely want to reach out to Matt. I mean, this I, I love the fact that it's just a win win on everything he does. So that that's fabulous, um, Matt. The way I normally tend to end out my podcast is, you know, with one really important question. So, if you could give just give business owners just one solid piece of advice, to either help their business or really more importantly help them to live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? I think the biggest thing that I would tell them is 
figure out how to create systems to help you duplicate what you do. I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, probably 12 years ago, and I've read it four or five times during that period of time. And though his book is based a lot on real estate and creating passive income streams through real estate, I've applied it in other areas and in other businesses. And in the process of doing so, I now have the ability to spend more time in my life doing what I'm truly passionate about and not just purely have to spend my time working to make a dollar bill. And one of my passions is to encourage others to do the same. There's so much opportunity out there today with the web and with everything else going on out there to where if people are willing to think out of the box and get educated on what's available out there, the sky's the limit. The old ways of making money are vanishing, and the rules that our parents lived by to provide for their families are out the window. And I think, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people that are still stuck, though, with that mindset. So I would encourage folks just to figure out a way to do more, to be more, and to get out of the full-time business of making money so that you can spend more time doing what you really, really, really are passionate and love to do. Fabulous advice. I love it. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and I really appreciate you joining us today to share some of your experience and your wisdom with us. Jason, I appreciate it, man, and just appreciate the opportunity and you reaching out because I love your show and love what you're doing as well. Well, thank you. Folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them, folks. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.